your welcome to the Davis 10 soccer podcast. I am Greg Davis, former NCAA Division One athlete. And the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former collegiate soccer player Joey Pinto. Joey began his collegiate playing career at St. John's University, followed by Malloy University. Prior to college, Joey was a standout player in high school, earning conference player of the year accolades as a senior. Well known throughout the uh, New York youth soccer, Joey was one of only 18 players from Maine to Virginia to be chosen for the U.S. Youth Soccer Region 1 Olympic Development Program. These days, Joey has taken his love for music to the next level, DJing and producing for 20 years. You can find his latest releases on his very own music label, Jack City Records. Joey, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Yo, what's good, man? Thanks for having me, bro. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So me and Joey go way back. Um, as I mentioned, youth soccer. So we're talking back in the when we're seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. Uh, we had a pretty fierce rivalry. I played for my boyhood club, Auburndale. He played for his his club, Lindbrook. Uh, so Auburndale, Lindbrook were definitely some uh, some matches to remember. <laughs> those are some good times, man. How many times? Who who won more of those matches? Us yeah. or you guys? I think yeah. you guys beat us more. Than I, I was gonna say us. I didn't want to. <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to brag or anything, but if I'm being honest, I, I, I do think it was us. <laughs> I think you guys won a couple more, a couple more, but it was a good battle. It was a good battle. I mean, Auburndale had a squad growing up. We got to the State Cup final. Yeah, uh, we had, had some had players. So. You, had, you, know, I mean, you guys we, had a squad. I'm not so, going to lie. Yeah. You guys had a squad. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And um, yeah, and I think one of the things that, that stood out too about me and Joey growing up is that um, uh, we were both... Uh, like our fathers were both the, the coach of our team. So, um, and coach for a while, both of our fathers. So that was definitely something I think that, that kind of uh, separated us. That's one of the main reasons why people knew about us growing up. For sure, for sure. Those were good times, but also harsh times too, man. <laughs> Having your pops as a coach is tough, man. But I know, uh, I know you understand it too. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's still tough. So, um, can't imagine when we were ten years old. But yeah, and um, you know, one of the main reasons I, I brought Joey, or you know, I, I wanted Joey on the show was um, outside of you know his his playing career and and his background. Um, I remember I, I posted a picture, this was maybe a couple years ago, and it was with both of my parents, and it was like the my senior photo, my last game playing competitive college soccer, and I talked a little bit about how, at least I, I put in the caption of my photo on Instagram, how this was, this was one of the toughest days for me, and I just walked into the locker room not knowing what to expect next, and uh, and Joey commented, I don't know exactly, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember you commented, and I, was, and I think you were like, bro, like, I felt the same way, something like that. And, uh, you know, that just, for me, it was, you know, it was it was big because it was just a comment, but it just, you know, it it definitely um, reiterated the, the feeling that I had of wanting to do this podcast, just knowing that other people out there definitely, you know, went through the same thing, feeling the feeling similar feelings that I felt. So I appreciate that. That comment went a long way. For sure, man. I didn't even know that meant so much, but it definitely, I was, that day was tough for me too. Senior night was tough. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No. So listen, let's get right into it. Um, so let's start off with, you know, why don't you tell me a little bit about how'd you get into soccer and what initiated your love for the sport? So soccer started out the womb, man. My mom said I was kicking like crazy. You know, at first steps, I was already like kicking. There's a picture my mom has when I'm like one years old and I'm actually kicking a basketball, but I'm not dribbling it. I'm kicking it. And I like could barely walk. 
but yeah, that's when it started. I mean, my dad actually played professionally in Ecuador and uh, was actually on the reserve national team. He was uh, actually played for Emelec, which is a top club in Guayaquil in Ecuador. Um, but his, uh, his kind of dream got shut off because his whole family moved to this country at like 2021. 20, and at that time, there was no professional soccer. There, MLS didn't exist at that time. There was like Super Cup or so. I don't know exactly. It was called something like that. And uh, so my dad came here and just, you know, didn't, didn't, he couldn't, perf- you know, keep playing pro. And I think when he saw that I had some talent, he kind of was like, all right, maybe Joey's going to be it. So it started from a kid. And I think my, my pop saw me dribble a soccer ball and was like, all right. It's a wrap. So yeah, it started started once out the womb, man. Yeah, no, I'm happy that. Well, obviously, you mentioned that your dad played pro because honestly, I didn't know that up until maybe about two days ago, where I was putting together your bio for you, and I think I came across an article uh, when you committed to college from your high school that mentioned that your dad played played professional. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had no idea. I was like, how did I know Joey for so long, and I never knew his dad played pro? Like, <laughs> it's a pretty serious pro too. <laughs> He didn't like he didn't like mention it too much, but uh, yeah, I mean, what's crazy is I never really got to see him play because I was just too young. But I heard he was a really good player. There's no videos, and you know, time is different back then. But I'm sure yeah. he was a really good player. You just got to take his word for it, huh? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. My older you... brother actually told me he was really good, so my older brother got to watch him play. So oh, okay, okay. So you got you got some secondhand proof. That's good. Sure, sure. <laughs> And why don't you tell me, like, what was your your favorite childhood sports memory? So before even like, you know, that you get to that point where soccer becomes real competitive and maybe you lose the fun aspect a little bit. But before all that, you know, what was your favorite childhood sports memory? One that sticks out to you? I think for me, there's two. I think when I was like six years, seven years old. So we're not even in this is like intramural soccer, but it was like our first intramural tournament. So my dad put a team together. And there was already politics involved. He didn't get the A team, he got the B team. So we had the B team. And again, this is not, we're not even 10 years old. We're literally babies. And we do like some tournament against other clubs, Valley Stream, Syosset, whatever. Well, I was at Valley Stream at the time when I first started. And uh, we won the tournament, so I'll never forget that. There's like an epic picture of me and Jesse in that tournament. We're like in mud. It's like, dude, it's just an epic picture. I still have the picture today. So that's number one. And number two was actually when we won the 5v5 uh, national championship for Jetix Kids Cup. So we won a 5v5 tournament. Uh, we were like 11 years old at the time. Um, and that was pretty damn cool because then Jetix paid for us to go to Columbus. And then we got to meet like the MLS All-Stars. I met Landon Donovan. Landon Donovan actually knocked on my bedroom by accident. And <laughs> no, so I got to meet him like face to face. I was like, freaking out man and yeah. like eddie johnson freddie adu clint dempsey like you know all those ogs back in the day and then uh we ended up winning the national championship which was pretty damn cool and then they had a team from brazil because they won like the south american cup and then they beat us one nothing but the kid i was defending ended up playing at arsenal his name is wellington yeah i don't know where i remember i remember now. willie i remember that name 100%. yeah kid was like he we were like 11 and he was nine and he was just so good and I remember, like, at that age, I was, like, really, really good. And I remember I was, like, struggling with him. And he ended up turning on me. We lost one nothing, But he was that good. I mean, they were better than us. But it was a competitive game. But, yeah, those are my two moments as, like, a child that really stood out for me. 
I mean, if you're gonna lose to anybody, if it's if it's some kids from Brazil, you can't, you can't complain. You yeah, can't complain. yeah, for sure, man. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and um, you know, kind of looking back at it, what was your what would you say your dream was? You know, what did you ultimately want to accomplish um, uh, with soccer moving forward? I think for me, the big dream wasn't to play for some club or to play for some college. I think for me, it was to play for the U.S. Women's National Team. Like that was always my goal. I like I didn't grow up saying, "Oh, I want to play for Real Madrid one day" or something like that. For some reason, it was U.S. Men's National Team. Um, I remember when I was like, I think I was ten years old, and we beat Portugal three two. I don't know exactly what World Cup that was, but I remember the game was at like four thirty in the morning. Portugal was stacked. I remember that year we had uh, Landon Donovan and Demarcus Beasley were our two wingers. Um, and I just remember that. And it's kind of funny thinking about it because I'm a Hispanic, you know, Ecuadorian, Salvadorian, you know, first generation kid. So usually, usually you root for like Ecuador or El Salvador. But for some reason, and I don't, I don't even know the answer to this question. I think my parents are just grateful to be like in America, to be honest. Um, you know, they always told me to root for USA. So as a kid, I was rooting for USA. So that was my dream. I wanted to play for the US Men's National Team. Um, so yeah, that 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 was the goal, like from you know, as a kid. Man, yeah, that's 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 actually really interesting to hear. You know, I think most people would say, Oh yeah, I wanted to go pro, I wanted to play for you know, you said Real Madrid, I'll say Barcelona, right? But just um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, the fact that that you really you really felt that, you know, that that connection with the with specifically with the US men's national team, I mean that's that's pretty unique. I think that's pretty unique, and it it kind of makes sense. I know that you, uh, I know on your Instagram you go to a lot of games. You still follow the U.S. men's national team, so now it's all it's coming back. It kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I'm still like a diehard supporter, man. I don't know what it is. Some out the womb, my parents always had me watching USA, and you know my dad and my mom would say, "Oh, maybe you're gonna play there one day for like represent your country," and like I think for me that meant more than playing for like let's say like Real Madrid or Barcelona or something like that. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, that's what I respect, it was. I respect that. I respect that. America all day. I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> and, um, you know, I guess looking back at it, uh, you feel like this dream was realistic? I mean, maybe not, but I would say at some point it was. I mean, I, I, I think we made the camp together. I think when we were like 12 years old, we made the U.S. national team pool um in boston massachusetts i remember that and uh you know we're all we got decked out u.s men's gear free nike cleats free nike shoes and you know i think at that point i was like damn maybe this is a reality like you know i know i'm young but i'm at this point in my career at whatever soccer because i know you know for us it started when we were like 10 years old all this serious stuff so i think at that point i i thought it was a reality and and even as I got older, you know, I, I continue to make the regional team and continue to to play on the top level. So, you know, maybe I, you know, maybe it wasn't like so reachable, but I didn't think it was so far fetched where I had zero shot at all. So, yeah, I think in some ways, I think the dream was attainable. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, listen, bro. I think we were close. Like, we, were, we were getting call ups. We were, <laughs> yeah, uh, at, at least at that age, you know. Yeah, at that age, we were getting free cleats and stuff already. I was like, damn, all right, maybe I could do this one day. <laughs> yeah, you felt like a pro for real. Definitely, definitely. And tell me, um, you know, if there's, tell me, like, if there was a point, like, the highest point in your career where you kind of felt maybe closest to this dream um, 
And maybe it was maybe it was at that camp that you just mentioned. But yeah, I think I think for me, and I don't mean to repeat myself, but I think it was it was that, you know, I never made the national any national thing past that. The furthest I would I made was the regional team. Um, so for me, being 12, 13 years old, I don't remember how, how old we exactly were. And to be on the U.S. men's national team stage, I think that was huge for me. Also, now that I think about it, the Adidas ESP as well. Did You went to that one too, right? Yeah, ESP. Yeah, so I, as well. Yeah, yeah. So now thinking about that, that as well was a pretty high moment as well because it was uh, considered the top 100 high school players in the country. And then we got like free Adidas stuff that time and like, you know, free cleats, free shoes, yeah. all that, all that. I think we got two cleats that year. So that was pretty crazy, man. So, yeah, I think, and I think, you know, when at those moments after that, I was getting recruited by like Villanova and St. John's and like Kentucky. So like some pretty high end division one programs. So I think for me, I always had this like trouble, like truly believing in myself and uh i think that validated like all right I, I was talented like i was a good player so um obviously those types of programs wouldn't be interested in you because you're a nice person or something like that you right. gotta be talented so i think you know thinking back those are probably my two highest moments in my little soccer career nice 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 yeah um no those are definitely big confidence boosts i felt the same way so and when Absolutely. did you, um, you know, when would you say that you you realized that this dream um, would be unattainable? I think for me is after St. John's. I went there. Um, that was my dream school. Like that's actually where I wanted to go. Um, I remember my dad and my brother would bring me to games when I was like 10, 11, 12. It was known as like the premier program. And just when things weren't really going well and I saw how good these players were, I was like, damn, I'm kind of far. Yeah, yeah and it wasn't like i wasn't i always struggled with confidence but i i was like really realizing and i think as a player and this is something that i always it always used to bother me but i think my peak talent was like 15 16. i think i peaked early and then at 17 18 i didn't like become worse but i just wasn't becoming better you know yeah. what i mean yeah. and I think at 17, it was like a harsh reality where, you know what, I was like, you know, maybe playing pro isn't truly real. Maybe I have to consider playing for a smaller school or maybe I got to stick this out. But, you know, maybe the dream now is to, you know, be a, a successful collegiate soccer player. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. I think going to St. John's and my goal was always to play pro and maybe it wasn't the U.S. Miss National team, but it was, you know, maybe USL, MLS. It was those were the goals. And I think for me um, and thinking about it, you know, maybe I shouldn't have thought this way, but um, that's kind of where I started seeing like, all right, the reality setting, like, you know, I have ways to go. I could play here, but, you know, I'm definitely I'm definitely not as close as I maybe thought I was. Yeah, so I think yeah. that those are the, those are tough moments that when it started, maybe my perspective started changing a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting that you kind of, you mentioned it. It seems like you almost, you know, it wasn't like the your dream was, was dead. It was almost like your dream shifted, right? Your dream shifted into becoming, you know, maybe not playing for the for the U.S. men's national team, but, become, but, but just being a, a successful collegiate soccer player, right? So um, I think that's, you know, that, that takes a lot of, um, a lot of gall to, to, to kind of switch your dream and, and still keep on keeping on, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, it was a tough time, man. I mean, but we're we're 17, 18, and we're seeing these kids come from like England and they're like 23, and I'm like, damn, I cannot defend this kid, man. So like, <laughs> you know, I knew I was good and I think I had all the attributes to be a, a good soccer player, but um, you know, yeah, my perspective started changing a little bit. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 real right there. That's honest. Um, was there a specific moment when you kind of realized now that your playing days would, would come to an end? It was at Malloy. So I ended up transferring uh, after St. John's to play Malloy at Malloy. And, uh, you know, super grateful for my time there. It was the D- Division Two, which I think was a little bit more suited for me. Um, I was a captain for a couple of years there and, like, you know, a, a big leader there. And I think at St. John's for me to be a leader would have been tougher. So going to a little bit of a smaller school um, really, you know, allowed me to kind of come in that leadership role. Um, But yeah, I think at at Malloy, you know, I was a good player and ended up like, you know, leading the team to our, to the playoffs for the first time in like a couple of years, my senior year and had some big goals and big moments. But, you know, my junior and senior year, I knew it was it. Like I knew after that I wasn't, because my body was starting to break down already. I already, I was taping my my ankles my knees oh i was like dude i was like i was like my a mummy my senior year (laughs) so my body was just breaking down so i think you know my senior year especially i was like man this is like one last three month season 18 years of like competitively playing for like these moments and uh yeah i mean it it ended on a a strong suit and that, that was a really fun year um, but yeah, I, I knew I knew it was coming to an end, especially because the injuries started picking up. And uh, yeah, it was end of junior year, and then be, like going into senior year, I knew that it was it was going to come to an end. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like for you, it wasn't necessarily one specific moment or one one thing that happened that you know kind of made you realize that your your playing days would come to an end. So it was it was kind of gradual, but during this gradual period, you know, what, what was that moment like, or those moments like for you? I mean, they were tough. I think for me, it was more of what am I going to do after soccer, man? I think that, and I obviously I know for you, that was tough too, but that was such like a, a really harsh reality. And I kind of remember like just being nervous and like, cause for my whole life and I'm super grateful for my parents because my whole life, I literally was, going to school and playing soccer. I didn't have to work, had food on my table, I had shelter. You know, I lived in a, I wasn't rich growing up, but I lived in a nice home and I had rides to go to practice and all that jazz. So grateful for them. But yeah, I think for me, it was like, damn, what am I going to do after soccer? I never really worked, um, which is kind of crazy thinking about it. And <laughs> I didn't do an internship. Like I didn't do any of that, which I should have. I definitely should have did that stuff. But I did it. I just focused on soccer and focused on school. And then I did a lot of like extracurricular activities for like our soccer team. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I think, you know, that was scary. And uh, yeah. and yeah, that's kind of like where I started really feeling that. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I didn't I didn't have a job. I, I didn't have a job throughout college. Uh, I literally graduated graduated college and it's like, what do I put on my resume? Like, I, I was like, I think I put out that I was a soccer ref, you know, I did some refereeing. <laughs> I worked. At, I think I did that too. I think I, did I, think that I too. said I worked at some summer camps and I, I called my trainer. I was like, listen, bro, like if they call you, just 
I worked at the summer camp, all right? <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. Like you think about it and you, you graduate or you're, you just, you're done with college and you're like, I don't even have like an internship, you know, just because we'd put so much effort and time into soccer, you know? Um, yeah, I think, I think going back to that as well, I remember my last game, I remember we lost, we ended up losing in the playoffs and I was obviously pissed we lost, but they were the better team. They're the number one seed. They deserve to win. So I wasn't like, those are the games that you kind of like, you, you kind of, you're like, all right, no doubt. They just were the better team. But I remember crying after the game and not because we lost, but more of like, damn, what am I doing next? And that was reality. And I remember literally crying for that specific reason, for what is next in life. So, you know, it was, it definitely was a harsh reality. And, you know, again, I wasn't even, I'm not saying I was not mad about losing, but that was where the general crying was. It was like, man, this is over. Now what's next? So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a harsh reality. No, I mean, I, I had that same moment. I remember after, it was specifically right after that my last game and I went into the locker room and I just burst out and it wasn't even, I think we lost, but it, it wasn't even about the loss. It was just that, like, I was just so scared and, um, for me, that was like that was like that was definitely probably my lowest point, or at least one of my lowest points. Um, looking back at it, what would you say was was your you know your absolute lowest point? Um, I would say I guess there's two. I think for me, one is that I think when we ended, I kind of like like got into like some little depression and kind of like just had no idea what I was doing in life and wasn't working i was just home like i finished school i didn't have a job so like i'm just watching tv and like working out like you know i and, and like honestly thank god for music because that's kind of when i started getting into music and, and just devoting shifting my focus on like something else but yeah that was a pretty pretty real like legitimate like depression that i went through that i got out of and then I would say another low moment is when I when I transferred from St. John's, you know, that was my dream school. I went to that school to play division to play division one to potentially play pro. And uh, despite, you know, me saying, all right, I'm shifting my focus on becoming, a you know, a successful collegiate athlete. You know, that was still a harsh reality for me. It was tough living alone for the first time and, you know, just all those moments and just, you know, growing up, you know, it's just school was hard, you know, practice was hard. I'm not playing. Now I'm transferring. It, it was just a really tough moment. So those were two real, like real low, low moments for me during my soccer career. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And do you, do you put a lot of blame on yourself for not reaching any of the goals you set your mind to? Do you, do you feel like you blame yourself? Honestly, like, I think I really don't like, you know, I was always like the, like, you know, I think I got recruited a lot as well because I was always coachable. I was always like someone who did well in school. I was always like the first one at practice, last one out. I was always in shape. Like, I remember at St. John's and ended up running like a 17, 17, three mile my first year. So like, I was always devoted and always did all the little things to be successful. I just think it wasn't my journey. You know, we all have different journeys and different perspectives of what we're supposed to do in life. And despite me thinking soccer was my journey, it wasn't mine. So I don't, I don't really have like, you know, any specific, like I, I kind of, maybe I wish I could have stuck it out a little longer at St. John's to be honest, 
but there's nothing where I felt like I really could have did really different. I think I honestly got, ended up getting a full scholarship to play soccer at Malloy, which is an amazing accomplishment when you really think about it. So I, I think I achieved what I was supposed to achieve. No, definitely, definitely. And speaking of amazing accomplishments, I'm just going to repeat a 17, 17, three mile. I think that's what I heard. <laughs> bro, when I when I finished, I literally was my, my head was spinning, bro. My coach came to congratulate me and I missed. I missed the high five. I literally missed. That's a, that's I actually, didn't know where he was, bro. My head was it was crazy, bro. That's that's crazy. nuts. I, I think, still can't I, believe I did that. I think that I think that was my two mile, to be honest with you. So um, <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Good for you. You put in the work. Good for you. Um, Let's say, you know, if you had, like, people ask, you know, if you had a magic wand and you could go back in time and and, and change any moment, um, is there a specific moment that you feel like you would would go back and and change? Um, I don't don't really know necessarily. I think I just kind of spoke about it a little bit. I I think I wish I stuck it out a little longer at St. John, Mm -hmm. honestly. I think for me, um, you know, I think just me being young and and living alone for the first time and honestly, like in high school, high school was pretty easy for me. And I'm not saying St. John's is Princeton, but like I wasn't used to writing like 10 page papers and like, you know, having to study for all my exams. And like, I think I wish I stuck it out a little longer. And I think a reason why I wasn't performing well is it the pressures of soccer and the pressures of school. And I was actually going through a high school breakup at that time too. I remember me and my ex broke up that I was dating in high school because I, I went to college and wanted to devote myself to like, you know, this team obviously. And uh, I kind of wish I stuck it out. And I think all those like emotions of life kind of just crashed down on me. And that was a big reason why I wasn't successful. But I know if I stuck it out, things would have got better. I think at just that moment, it was overwhelming. So I'm like, all right, let me go transfer and let me go play for another school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then you hear the pressures of that from like other players too. And even like, I don't, I wouldn't even say my parents told me to do that, but like there's pressures of like, Oh, but you, if you play at a different program, you'll be playing a lot. And like, maybe it's just a coach and, and which is, which is all true. I'm not saying it's not true, but I definitely take full responsibility of that. I wasn't performing well. And I kind of just wish, even if I did transfer, at least I was performing well and left on like better terms, I guess. Yeah. So I think that's something that if I go back, I wish I could have changed a bit. Nah, for sure. And as a transfer student myself, I, I, that's that's definitely one of the points too that I point to as as maybe you know could go back and change. Not necessarily that. Not necessarily saying I made the wrong decision, but just um you know, maybe just, just done things a little bit differently. Um, so you kind of, you know, you left on a higher note. I was, I was struggling as well when it came to academics and, and just the transition of being away from home. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I definitely get that. I definitely get that. And for context, you, uh, you left St. John's after, um, how many, what, did you spend one year there? I spent one year there okay, and then gotcha. ended up playing fall, spring, ended up getting redshirted and then went to St. John's, uh, would basically, I mean, sorry, to Malloy with four years of eligibility. Left. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. And um, you know, this is just a, a, I think this is like a life question, right? Do you do you have do you have any regrets? No, I mean, I really don't. I really don't. Uh, again, I, I think the St. John's thing. I wish I did a little differently. You know, I, I I think I always said I wish I like played a little bit more. 
like in the summer and just like played like nothing organized just played and i did do that but i didn't do it like enough and i feel like you know organized sports are so cool but like there's just like a sometimes you gotta play and have fun and i think it became a job for me way too early and that's kind of where i dried up so quickly at times and like sometimes i like didn't even want to play and again it was just because it became a job and i think you know when i was actually coaching kids and i don't coach anymore but i did after college i would always tell them listen it's all serious and you want to perform well but it's a game we we, sometimes we forget it's a game you play this game because you love it and you have fun if you're not having fun and i'm not saying you know you have to have fun in the the if you're playing a national championship game, but if you're playing anxious and nervous, you're not going to play well either. You got to be enjoying yourself a bit, even in those biggest moments. You know what I mean? So I think for me, sometimes I wish I I, I didn't really, I never told myself that growing up. It was always like, oh no, I got to play well because like I have to. But I wish I, you know, took it more in and just and enjoyed it a little bit more sometimes. No, yeah, that's a great point. I think that that gets definitely forgotten, especially as you get to higher levels of, of play. You know, you, you hear that people, even at the top level, sometimes people just give it up because they just don't have the love for it anymore because it just, it drove them into, you know, it drove them into just, this feels more like a like a business, like a profession and, and I'm losing the love for it. So that kind of leads me into, into my, my next question because um, I see that as, as definitely one of the things that you've learned kind of taken throughout this process. But um, what would you say is like the biggest lesson that you learned um, from the transition process outside of sports? Um, I think I think the lesson is, is that from sports, we could transition so much what we learned through sports to life. So like just in anything, like life's about seasons, right? There's always ups and downs. And I think as an athlete, what makes us so different than the normal person, honestly, is we experience failure so young and failure so often. You lose the ball in a game. You make a mistake in the game. They score a goal. You come back, you score back. Now we're winning again. Oh my God. They, you know what I mean? There's just so much like volatile up and down. And like, that's what life is. There's great months and there's great days and there's bad days and bad months, right? But at least sport and in life, it tells you that things will always get better, right? At some point, some will level out. So I think for me, that's just something I've brought into the workplace and in life in general. You know, soccer has literally made me the person I am today. And even with music, like, you know, I've, I've experienced so many ups and downs. And I think if I didn't play soccer and was used to, like, getting rejected a lot, I would have quit already. But I was used to that rejection. You know, so I think for, those are like the big moments that I brought into like that soccer taught me at such a young age that I brought into real life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think th- there, there's a reason, right, why so many even when I was reading articles after college, I was like, who's going to hire me? And I was reading all these articles about how so many companies like athletes because they have this sort of mentality that's just built into them um, where it's a work ethic. It's a, um, you know, it's, it's a devotion um, it's discipline, right? So I think a lot of those things too, uh, I take, and I know a lot of athletes are able to, to take in their, in their current role now. Um, and that was, that was a big lesson for you. And this might be the same answer that you might give, but, um, I just like to ask this question, you know, if there's 
somebody else you feel like that's that's going through um, kind of struggling going through this this process of you know transition outside of sport and and and, and finding their identity as something other than an athlete if, if, if that person was in front of you and you're able to give them one piece of advice um, just one about sports retirement and the transition transition process um, what would that one piece be I think it's don't be so hard on yourself. And I think for me as a 22 year old and as athletes we're taught to have tough skin, which is great, right? But it's emotion, right? We play a sport competitively since I was four to 22. So 18 years and you lose that. You're not supposed to feel good after that. You know what I mean? It's supposed to hurt. If it doesn't hurt, then that means that you didn't care. So I think for me, it's just don't be so hard on yourself and just know that at some point it is gonna subside and get better because I, I just remember I think for me it felt like life was over and what am I gonna do and you know I'm like thinking like crazy and just anxiety and all these emotions and I think for me now you know as a 30 year old now you know now life is is different and you know I'm doing things well with music and my full-time job and things like that but at 22 I would have never knew that you know so yeah. the thing is, just don't be so hard on yourself because it will get better. You know, definitely, definitely. No, I, I, I think the same thing. I, I, I tell myself almost daily that pain is temporary. You know, because I, I was in that same position where I literally thought my life was over, and I look back at it and I'm like, it, it, it wasn't that serious. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's really not. I think, I think we just take it so to heart because it meant so much to us. So just, yeah. I mean you lose anything in life and it always hurts. Sure. So imagine you lose something for 18 years. It's supposed to hurt. Man. Yeah. So just take your time and maybe, and don't be so hard on yourself for sure. No, that's great. And we'll, we'll listen, we'll leave it there. I think that's a great piece of advice. And, um, you know, Joey, like I appreciate um, how open you were, how honest you were, you know, taking us through your transition process as, especially as a transfer student, you know, I know that that in, in itself, um, especially when you're, you know, you, you, you go to college for soccer, essentially, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, I'm going to switch it up and go somewhere else. That process in itself is is really tough as, as I went through that myself. So um, listen, man, I really appreciate it. This was this was great. I think this was super helpful. Um, you know, like I said, I've, I've known you for, for so long and I've, I've just learned so much more about you. You know what I mean? So um, it's rare that you get you get times to sit down and, and talk about these things, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. So, um, listen, I, I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy it. And I just want to say a big thank you. Thanks so much, man. No problem. Anytime, bro.